Why settle for just living a good life? When you can live a life optimized to achieve your human potential, learn all the hacks that will transform your life from average to extraordinary. Welcome to Life Optimized with functional medicine expert, Dr. Neil Palvin. Hey guys, this is uh, Dr. Neil Palvin. I'm the host of Life Optimized podcast, and we have a really cool guest with us this afternoon, Bob Troyer. You may know him as Quantified Bob. He's all over in terms of the health optimized uh, space, uh, he quantified self. He has the great blog, and he is a technology entrepreneur and citizen scientist who's been at the forefront of digital innovation and emerging technologies for two decades. He's a prominent voice of the biohacking and quantified self movement. His quantified Bob documents his data driven personal optimization efforts at the intersection of citizen science, health and wellness, human performance, and longevity. That could be found at quantifiedbob.com. In addition to speaking at leading international conferences, Bob has appeared on numerous media outlets, including CBS News Sunday Morning, PBS NewsHour Weekend, National Geographic Explorer, the CBC, SBS Television, which is in South Korea. And it also appeared in such magazines as Fast Company, Men's Fitness, and Outside, and on many leading health and wellness podcasts. He's also the co-founder of Awesome Labs, Health and Wellness, and Emerging Technology Studio. So he has a lot of hats, and we're going to delve into a lot of those different things as we go through the podcast today. So, Bob, thanks for joining us. I really yeah. appreciate you hopping on with me. Thanks for having um, me. So, no, it's great. So we're going to, like I said, you are the expert in a lot of things. You were, I mean, I do have told the story before, at least in the groups that we've been at, that you were kind of, you were one of the trendsetters. You were one of the forerunners in terms, you were at the one of the first, if not the first, Dave Asprey biohacking sessions out in California before health optimization or biohacking, whatever we want to call it, really became more mainstream. I want to go through that really quickly, kind of how that experience was and now how things were. I think that, that was in the early 2010s and now where it's pretty much every influencer, it's all over the place. Everybody knows what biohacking is. So how have things evolved over those 10 years? Yeah. So if you go back the early, let's say 2010 to 2011, I was really involved in using data to guide and understand things about myself better and, and seek out optimization around health and wellness, longevity, performance, and all of that. There was a movement evolving that started in the Bay Area called the Quantified Self Movement. And their slogan was essentially self-knowledge through data. And it is a big overlay, obviously, with health and wellness with that. But Quantified Self was really about people using data. It could be about any aspect of their lives. You know, we think about even balancing your finances and stuff. That's technically data. But those groups that started meeting in California and some conferences started evolving there. That's how I met, like, for example, Dave was a speaker at one of the early Quantified Self conferences. I think at Stanford University, they had one of their events. And then the sort of rise of biohacking really came around around 2000. 13, I'd say. I think that was the first, well, we'll call it a conference. It was basically 40 or 50 people. We got together at a bar in San Francisco for two days because basically these everyone was kind of self-identifying from around the country. Like, these people didn't know each other, but it was like, hey, someone's putting on a conference. We're going to like share stories and technology and kind of go through what's on the bleeding edge of all of these concepts of longevity, wellness, of optimization. And, and from that little group, I think the branding and, and the, the idea of biohacking just sort of took off from there as it got it's become kind of interchangeable now almost with like health and wellness you know, to some degree. And, you know, even some people like you're seeing the term health optimization often because we hear biohacking, some communities, the word hack, like I think the origin of hacking was more like a, a positive thing, like a, a shortcut, like computer, like I'm trying to hack this to get to it in a 
the most optimal way, not hacking like I'm breaking into your bank account or, you know, <laughs> stealing your money. And so biohacking now is really just, you know, it, it's, you can walk down the street and probably, you know, six out of every 10 people would probably have said they've heard that term before. And, but what it means to everyone could be very different. I mean, so that's why there's no like, you know, there, there are some people defined, there's some definitions that are out there, but I think to each individual, like, what are they trying to get out of it? You know, and so for some people, it's like, for me, it all came out of just self-awareness, self-understanding. And then from there, optimizing things around my health and performance and later on getting into things like longevity. For other people, it might be like they, they're trying to resolve a health issue. And that's simply it. And they're trying to like, I've tried everything. Maybe they change up their diet. They start drinking coffee with some grass-fed butter and MCT oil in it. And they go, I feel amazing now. Why wasn't I doing this for a long time before? So yeah, I mean, so now you see this like phenomenon that's really just sort of taken off around the world. You know, it's, and it's great to see. And for me, like I'm passionate about technology as well. So seeing how that those advances are happening, because even like things you could do today that you couldn't do just like three or four years ago in terms of not just lab testing or wearables or sensor technology, like we can get so much greater insights into ourselves that in an affordable way that maybe was either not possible or would have cost just a tremendous amount of money just a few years ago. Yeah, no, you hit a couple of points I wanted to bring up. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. The term biohacking, some people, they find it like you're cheating or you're looking for a shortcut in a bad way in terms of your health. And or it's just people spending a lot of money on stuff that, that may be harmful. And it's again, there's some people who just don't hate the term. There's some people who fully embrace the term, like you said, and what people are starting to learn now. And I think where people are trying to find that medium ground is like you said, there are people who may just do a butter in their coffee. There's, they may have an aura or a whoop and that's all they want to do. And that's fine. There are people who do the experiments like you're doing. Okay, how does this going to affect my brain? Or how is this specific going to boost my workout? And you just got to find what works for you. I mean, you can't, with so-and-so on his podcast or on in their blog article, you see him at a conference or doing, doesn't mean that's what you have to do. Take what you're going to be able to use and do. Again, people have to, I've seen now people saying, well, I have two kids and a family and I can't do all that stuff. Yeah, don't, just pick what you, yeah, pick what you're going to use. So you brought up the technology, how technologies, things that you can do in a much more, in a much easier way than you used to. What right now do you see as a top two or three technologies that are emerging both for the high-end user and then for the kind of like the low-hanging fruit? I mean, I guess HRV and sleep is kind of the low-hanging fruit, but are there some new technologies that you see being on the horizon here in the next year or two, or even up to, I guess, five years out? Well, coming from a, just a general and a, like more of a data aspect of understanding your health state, we're seeing technology now that from just a few drops of blood can do some pretty in-depth analysis and they're using machine learning and big data, all those fancy terms you hear to essentially uncover lots of things that- and This is um, not Theranos. We're not talking about Theranos anymore. No, this is, I mean- <laughs> It actually works. Yeah, well, the thing is this, the actual technology to get, it basically it's a mass spectrometer and to do it is not crazy technology. It's, it's been around, it's very, it's being used in giant labs everywhere. It's just that you've got this like haystack and you're trying to find the needles in it. And you know, so now there's companies out there, for example, that, can detect like 50 types of cancers, like years before, like a tumor would develop. They're looking for markers of DNA and RNA, those types of things. There's a device, I was testing out a device at home a couple months ago, that's a, a home-based spectrometer. So you, you take a drop of blood every week, you put it in a little cartridge, you drop it in the machine, it sends the data up to the cloud to process. And, it, and you could do little experiments to kind of say like, well, if I followed like a blue zone type diet for a few weeks, does that move the needle on certain things or, um, by having a glass of wine at night, does that positively or negatively impact or adding 
you know, these interventions that you can go through. So I think like for, it gets me excited is where there's like the convenience of like, I can just do this at home. It takes a drop of blood, a couple of minutes. We're seeing this now with full body MRIs becoming more accessible where, you know, right now we have people doing things like for body composition, like DEXA scans or body anal- composition analysis, bone density, you know, some radiation there and all that. But MRI, other than just, you know, having to be in a sort of claustrophobic tube, there's no like real safety issue with it. And the fact is you get this 3D, like not just 3D outside of your body, but 3D inside and you can go through it and then you can write, people are writing software to analyze all that information. So not just like looking at, you know, bone density and body composition, they're using to detect tumors and other things as well. And so for me, like those types of, when that stuff gets more, more and more accessible, I mean, it's, it's still out of, and now it's available, but it's a premium price point. You're not going to get it covered by insurance. But I do think like that kind of stuff for me on the general, like overall wellness aspect is, is pretty amazing. I do think like all the technology that's out there, I mean, wearables right now are kind of in a funky stage. I mean, they're good, right? So you activity, sleep, those types of things, stress. The improvements in the, over the last few years have only been incremental. They're not like, I'm not seeing like the next generation of sensor technology come out that does like the things that are really you could do now, you could do almost all of it even seven, eight, eight years ago. Maybe things are a little like smaller now, you know, those types of, you know, they're improving that aspect of it, the, the form factor of it. But I, I'm waiting, you know, so for the next generation. So an example would be a lot of people are wearing uh, continuous glucose monitors now to test out the, the little sensor that's about the size of a quarter and goes on the back of your arm. And it's got a tiny little needle that just goes right under the skin. You don't feel it or anything. And it's sampling interstitial fluid and measuring your blood sugar throughout the day. So you can see what happens when you're eating different meals or exercise, sleep, et cetera, et cetera. There's the next generation of that's coming out. They did a, an announcement at CES last year where they're going to be measuring continuous ketones, not just glucose. It'll be glucose, ketones, I think some level of Lactic, hydration or yeah. electrolyte balance. And so now it's like, and, that, and this is a major, you know, this is a, these sensors were never made for end consumers. They were meant for diabetics. And they realized that there was a whole market of consumers that are using these devices because they're getting such great insights from a you know, being proactive about their health. So now they're making devices that completely are going to be targeted to that consumer market because those other features are not just for diabetics. Those are for like people who are going out training and you don't want to bonk while you're like running a marathon or something like that. Those types of advancements in technology get me excited. You know, from a price perspective, you know, it's, I don't think spending more money is always better. I mean, there's always going to be a, you can buy like a $100,000 LED light bed. That's pretty amazing thing. But for a tenth of that, you can get a setup at home that might be, it's like a wall mounted kind of setup. And you're going to, maybe you get 80%, 90% of the benefit. So it it just comes down to the convenience, form factor, size. Like, I mean, a lot of people maybe that don't have big homes or big rooms, you know, they can't put giant saunas in their home. There's more portable options, smaller options. Yeah. Manhattanitis here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So you, you got to work around those constraints. And so you find things that fit the form factor. Like I have in my home. I have like a portable sauna. So I can fold it all down and stuff. It's an infrared sauna, but it's portable. And I, you know, because I just couldn't move the space consideration. If I had a room where I could have put in a full size, full spectrum infrared sauna, I'd have that in two seconds. So it wasn't a price issue as much as a space issue, you know. And then people are doing things like, you know, getting hot and cold exposure. Those are all, these are all great modalities, you know. And again, it comes down to convenience, space, cost. Yeah. You hit on so many points. I'm going to kind of work backwards to whatever so we can 
that uh, kind of go through it. So the first thing you said, the last thing you said is probably the most important is right now you can get a $35,000 cold plunge. You can literally make one. People are making something out of a, their own like cooler. They get it like Target. Obviously there's a little gradation in terms of how good they're going to be. The $35,000 one is going to look a little better, but the ROI on that, the return you're going to get may not be a huge difference. Same with the red light and everything else out there now. I mean, there's such high, and so definitely when you're looking at this type of stuff, talk to somebody who knows. I mean, I now have, almost like a 20 minute yeah, I have a handout and I have okay these are all good and then if you really want the Ferrari of this here's this one if you just want the one that's going to work this is fine too you're maybe losing like you said five ten percent of the utility of it but definitely don't just if you do the research and talk to somebody who knows because I have all those other things you need to be careful like with red light you want to know what the leakage is you want to know wi-fi and then make sure you know what the downside of the certain ones certain ones just really great publicity out there especially now they're they have a really cool instagram influence or whatever talking about them talk to somebody who knows otherwise you're going to end up with something that doesn't work well and you're like well this doesn't work it's like no we did it wrong so i think that's something people need to wear and again there's a lot of this stuff is getting to a much better price point well, you don't need to be spending a thousand to ten thousand dollars on something. Like you said, the, uh, there are now studies that show some of those portable songs are almost as good as the ten thousand dollar ones too. So that's again, you can get a lot of these benefits if you don't live in a major city that has a recovery studio every five feet, like it is here in Manhattan. Where if I want to find a sauna, I'll find a sauna either way. Um, so that's the first thing I want to kind of make sure that people understand is that just do some research. It's out there now from some pretty reputable source. If anybody has any questions, they can always just reach out to me or and go through the podcast and get that information. Other thing you brought up is actually a survey came out like two weeks ago that people, this is the first time that a sales of wearables have gone down and that people are just not as satisfied anymore with them as much that people aren't using them. And it kind of goes up. I think part of what I said before is that this is kind of a negative connotation. And the other part is what do I do with this information? If you want to know what to do with the information, check out Bob's blogs because he breaks it down. He does it very intricate ways, but it's also simple. Anybody can understand where he's going with it. Because again, a lot of people say, what's my HRV, which is heart rate variability, or what does my sleep score actually mean? Is that, and they don't know what to do with this information. And then it be, kind of becomes, okay, they got to get bored with it because they don't know what to do with it. It's not A to B. So that's something that me be aware of. And again, like you said, these new wearables that are on the horizon will give, especially people, I think, in the athlete space is where the athlete space, and I think also those in the executive space are the two niches that are really going to be running with these new types of wearables. So the average person... It's good to know certain things and certain pieces of data, like I said, like getting blood sugar is good with all the Apple features now in terms of your heart. It, things like the EKG and the AFib is very helpful. I know people have actually gone to the hospital and gotten things cured because they found something on their Apple Watch. So there's definitely utility to it, but understanding again, you don't need all the data. So kind of going back into the fitness part, um, as I said, like you said, with the new watch looking at lactate levels and ketones, and now that there's a couple of things coming down the horizon in terms of hydration, I know you're into it. In terms of optimizing fitness, what should a person who's a moderate to high level athlete be looking at to really in the space that can give them A, get in the data and B, can really optimize their fitness? Well, I mean, to get your data, there's a lot of these la like sports science labs that have always been around, typically at universities where they'll do things like VO2 max and lactate threshold testing, all that. And it's, you know, it's pretty arduous. And, but if you're really trying to assess, like get a metric for, what that is, there are core, like tools out there that try to approximate that. So you don't have to go through the suffering of doing like a VO2 max test. It's pretty uh, tough. If you've ever done one, it's, it's not. It's not I just pleasant. did one. I, I yeah, it actually gave me really useful information. I'm going to yeah. put another sub podcast, but yeah, it's not the most comfortable 
experience on the planet at all. It feels a little weird. Yeah. And so now, you know, but having that, you're like, you know, we're talking about like an athlete, like that level of performance, they most likely would have been doing that at some point already. Maybe they have some before data. And then in terms of how they're training, I mean, we know that there's techniques people have been using for decades where they'll train at altitude, right? Because you can go up at altitude, less oxygen in the air. So you have to build make bigger red blood cells. And when you come down to sea level to compete, you have an advantage because your body can just utilize more oxygen because you have bigger red blood, you know, your hemoglobin and stuff and all that. So, um, you know, there are tools out there, like from a training perspective, I know you've used it. One's called LIVO2. Essentially, it's called, there's a term called EWAT, exercise with oxygen uh, training where you're essentially on an exercise bike or any device, something that's going to get your heart rate up while you're wearing a mask that's connected to an oxygen concentrator. Now, the idea is uh, by supplementing that oxygen, that's traditional EWAT. You can basically go room oxygen, it's about 20% oxygen, kick it up to about 80% oxygen. With LIVO2, it's called adaptive contrast. And what that means is there's a switch that actually we go not just from having hyperoxic, like uh, bringing the oxygen up to like 80%, but you can go hypoxic. You can cut the oxygen down to where now you're going to be at 14,000 feet. And by bringing the body up and down through these processes, it's doing a lot just in terms of flushing out um, inflammation in the body. It's helping clear out some waste products. So the first couple of times someone does it, they may actually have a bit of a detox reaction because the body is just really like clearing out a lot of things. And then over time, like there's uh, been, if you were like do this type of training over time and do some VO2 max tests, you will see your numbers should go up pretty well because you're basically simulating what those athletes are doing. You're going to be building your new, your red blood cells, you know, are going to be bigger because you're basically giving the body it, it's the opportunity. It's like you have hormesis where it, it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. So it's almost like your body is going to make the better stuff it needs because you're feeling challenged. It's under stress when you go to the high altitude, low oxygen, and you bring it back down, flood it with oxygen again. That's more on the cardiovascular side. There's a there's a, also a device called like the Carol bike that is a, uh, it's an exercise bike. It looks just like an exercise bike, except it has, it's pretty cool in that it has an adaptive resistance feature where it's measuring your heart rate. And I think heart rate variability as well, while you're going through these basically two sprints in 10 minutes, like two 30 second sprints. And the more harder you're pedaling, the harder it's going to resist. And what it's trying to do is it's trying to just basically tax you, get your heart rate up to a certain threshold, super, super fast. It's pretty, you know, and, and you think like, well, I just did that only two 30 second sprints in like 10 minutes. What's that really going to do? But it's been shown the whole premise is that it's been shown to replicate that benefit is like doing like a 45 minute run. <laughs> and so if you do that over a few weeks and they give you a, a correlation, a number that correlates to like a VO2 max estimate. So you would see that number shifting as well. So from a biohacking perspective, like it's a lot of what we're trying to do is efficiency. We don't have a lot of time. People are like often busy. And like you had mentioned earlier, like people have like work, kids, all these obligations. And if you're like, well, I only have to do something for 10 minutes or I can train for 15, you know, do, whether it's cardiovascular workout or strength training or something, you're like, well, of course that's a win because it frees up more time in my day. So, you know, these are the types of, you know, tools you can use. I also know like you've also used, there's equipment you're probably not going to have in your home unless you've got really, really big space. And uh, like it's called ARX, which is adaptive resistance exercise. And it works under the principles of normally, like if you just took weights and you're like on a bench press, well, you can, the amount of weight you can push up off your chest is a lot less than how much you can resist coming back. Eccentric and concentric, you have different strength curves and everything on those. And the machine's doing, the harder you're pushing 
it's going to resist again as hard as you push. So even if you're very weak, it'll just resist you that amount, but it's maximizing your effort all the way through your uh, force curves. And so in a, in a 15 minute workout, even just like twice a week or even once, I mean, once for most people would be enough, you're going to be completely exhausted and you're going to see tremendous gains from a strength perspective, just because it's overloading the body so quickly. I mean, I've had some great experience. I know you've done it as well. I've for me, that was just like, <laughs> it kills me. It's like, you need, I mean, I need a few days to recover. So I really could never do more than two days a week of that because it was just super intense. But like you said, like, depending on where you live, you may or may not have access to these types of tools. Like that's why, you know, if money's no object and you've got a giant, you know, extra spare room in your home, you know, you're going to spend quarter million dollars. You can outfit it with all this great stuff. But most people like, even if you do a, a cost benefit analysis, if you have access to even something like a place that has infrared saunas, well, if you don't want to spend 10 grand, but you can go pay 40, $50 a session, but you could do a lot of sessions before you'd spend the same amount of money you just spent on a sauna. So then it's just more about convenience, right? I want to be able to just roll out of bed or be home, just go do it, not have to travel to go do it. You know, and, and then something I wanted to go back to though, about just the technology and stuff in general was, I think as people start looking, I mean, the biohacking community, they tend to be these like A-type driven kind of go-getter personalities. And so for a lot of people, they're, it's like a kid in the candy store. They're like, what's this? What's this? And they're buying all these things. It's more than just curiosity because they want to try it. But the challenge, I, you know, people end up with a pile of a bunch of things. They're like, okay, I bought all these things that you told me to buy. Now what do I do with it? And I feel like for some people, they should also think about not just about the price of something, but like, why do they need it? What are they trying to accomplish? If the whole reason is just like, oh, I just want to try it out or evaluate it. Okay, well, then you go into it with that. Maybe you're going to return it in 30 days, or maybe you're going to go try it somewhere else without having to pay, without having to buy it. And then you decide, like, I want to purchase this. Like, there's a recovery device called NanoV, where you're basically breathing in this humidified air that's been treated with a, a frequency that helps the body trigger um, the cellular regeneration. And you just basically, you're just sitting there breathing air. It's all it feels like. But the devices are not cheap. But you can go for $30 to $40, go try it out and see how you feel. You do it a few times, you do it 10 times, you know, and then, then decide if you want to actually invest in that. Uh, I always tell people that because some people want to go buy it sight unseen. And I was like, well, go experience it first. Make sure like you, you know what you're getting into. You know, I, you hit it on the head. I always tell people three or four times at least and see, how you, again, like you see, how I feel I could a lot of those things. I feel great. Like I love the Nanavi. I've done it. I like doing it when I do my IVs. Other people are like, what did I just do that for? Like you said, I just feel like I'm breathing in air and they didn't notice it. I'm like, okay. And again, a lot of these things are very, and again, back to what we said initially, it's individual. Figure out what you want to do. Make sure you're doing the research and go from there. Like the cool thing now, like you said, with the fitness is, like you said, people now, we know the importance of working out. There's more and more data resistance exercise has like become like the godsend for everything else with brain health that does everything. Now you want to find that way that you can get your resistance exercise in. You want to make sure that you're going to get, you still need some aerobic exercise. You Again, these, all these new tools out there, ARX, Carol, all those different things are going to help you maximize, but you, so you, which is just really, really cool because now you can do, like you said, you want to be the most efficient way you can do it. The thing I would, one thing I would say is again, I know you do it, is make sure you're tracking it with the data. Even if you're just checking your HRV and what your sleep scores are and your strain scores is not perfect, but at least you know how your body adapts. I mean, I have, if you go out and do, and you've probably seen your data is that you want to go to the RX and you're not ready and you do it too hard or don't recover the right way, then you're just being more detrimental. So you, again, none of these things are set to what you have to do, but they're out. The point is that they're out there now. Like, so going to kind of go, I kind of brought it up. So we talk about workout. So in terms of the recovery technology is also kind of accelerated. So 
what, I mean, again, I know you do certain things. I mean, again, there's some, so what are there's some simple things that patients can, people can use? And then some more of the higher end ones you see are the most return on it. I mean, recovery, hot and cold for me are like the two, like those, you know, you could take a warm, hot shower, cold shower, like those types of things for me, are just a great help if you know, in addition to rolling and just, you know, I always try to maintain flexibility, even if you're getting tight, if you've got some money you want to spend. Uh, if you're a runner or you, you know, your legs get sore a lot, there's like recovery boots. There's a company called Normatech makes them where there's these sleeves that you put your legs into and they inflate and they've got these little compartments that basically are pumping essentially all the, um, <laughs> basically getting all the waste circulating through your legs. So it helps to, to um, minimize your uh, DOMS and, and muscle soreness like a few days later. It's, it's a nice recovery tool. Like you can sit on the couch at night, just like put it on for a half an hour. Feels great. You know, it's not super expensive. Typically, people that have that kind of device will have some kind of percussive massage device. I think Hypervolt and Theragun are the two yeah. main companies out there. They're great. I mean, they have different attachments. So, you know, you might need to have someone get like there's certain parts you maybe can't reach it with your arm so that yeah. someone will have to use it on you. But like all that stuff, I mean, I think especially as you get older, all the training is great, but the recovery is just as important because you got to make sure you're not like, I'm all about, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get hurt. And so not just training smartly, you know, you can't hundred percent avoid injury, but like as soon as you know, you start noticing something, you want to address it right away. Don't let it linger. And I, so I think recovery tools like that, um, you know, sauna, cold plunge or cold shower, you know, I enjoy like some red light therapy. Now for me, it's more, it'll have some effect in terms of like, if you're, if you're with some muscle soreness, but I, I think for me, the benefits seem to be more, especially with the lit, like the panels, it's almost more of a cosmetic. It's like skin and just kind of getting that energy <laughs> into the mitochondria of your cells. You might notice we use the red light therapy a lot. You might, you know, your, your skin might look a little nicer just in general. You look like you're 21 years old. You're doing great. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's all working. It's all working, Bob. All right. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone my real age. Yeah. So recovery wise, you know, I'm trying to think what else is there? I mean, those are like the main go-tos. I, you know, I definitely don't, I mean, things like massage and, you know, I've done things with like acupuncture and other, like those are like more like acute type things that there's something that needed to be addressed. I would use those, you know, types of uh, modalities, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. in terms of, uh, like, I know, like, for example, oh, we want to tie it to sleep. So I'm all about like, I love to sleep in like a cold, dark room. And so I, my temperature, air temperature at night, super cold. I use a cooling pad on my bed so I can chill. I can control the temperature of the bed of the mattress underneath me. And so I, you have to kind of tweak it and dial it in to figure out what's going to get you the optimal, like, don't want to wake, you don't want to get too cold because you might wake up to like shivering if it's too cold in the middle of the night versus not having much of a benefit. And so like there's companies like uh, Chili Pad and Eight Sleep, I think are two of them. And I've done some experiments with that where I've, because the body actually, your temperature has a, it kind of shifts overnight. So when you first go to sleep, you start cooling, 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 cooling. And that's deep sleep because the deep sleeps in the first part of the overnight sleep phases. And then what happens is the few hours before you wake up, you actually start warming up. Cause think of like, if you were like sleeping in a cave or nature cools during night, sun comes out or it gets warmer, the you know, temperature starts rising. And what you want to do is you like, you want to tweak it so that you're kind of mimicking that a little bit. If you want to optimize your sleep stages. So you want to be like, cool it down, and at a certain point, it stops cooling and maybe naturally starts warming back up. And you'll notice like you'll wake up, you have more REM sleep. It's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, no, they're both a little different. I mean, the A Sleep is, uh, for those who don't know, is kind of a whole sleep system now. They have like a mattress and a pod and everything else. The Chili Pad, and now they have a new one with the Doc Pro, which I know I like. I know some people really like them. They both work. Again, those are things that you can kind of look at the differences. They have a, a pretty big price disparity, but they're both really quality products. So you brought up two things I wanted to ask you about. Now, have you done any, or is there any data? Because I get this question all the time. With the um, percussion stuff, no matter which brand you're using, I mean, I haven't really seen anything that says, wow, this is wonderful, but I don't know if you know anything that says this is like incredible for doms or anything else. You mean the benefits of a percussive device? Correct, yeah. I mean, I use them not so much for dom. The percussive device for me is more like I've got some tension I need to break up or it's like, for me, the doms, I've been compression therapy. So things like Normatec and stuff, I think for me, that definitely helps with that because it's actually pumping out things in the body. It's working, work, letting your body work that stuff out. Percussive stuff for me isn't like so much doms. It's just, if I have tightness, it'll, you know, kind of, you know, if you have not in your upper back or backs in my, I always get really a lot of tightness up here. It, you know, kind of just work, work through it for a lot of, for me is just, it feels good. It's like, you know, it's like, instead of getting a massage, you can just kind of use it. But, um, you know, it's also like, you have to know how to use it. It's like anything else. If you, uh, if you just hold it in one spot and just, and you don't press it or use the wrong attachment or whatever, it may yeah. not have much of a benefit so but you've seen how like these devices which were kind of a novelty just a few years ago i was just watching like a preseason football game yesterday they had mm-hmm. a whole rack of them behind the bench like mm-hmm. that they just oh. grab them off the shelf like instead of grabbing like a gatorade they grab a percussive device oh no the proteins i mean i think you do too i mean i do some pro athletes and pro teams and they're the forerunners now i mean the athletes themselves obviously they can afford everything they're doing everything under the sun for recovery. And I mean, they have hyperbaric chambers at the facility. They have, I mean, they have literally have cold. Pl- I mean, the funny thing is I have some like fighters and again, some football players and like, dude, we've been doing cold plunge for like 15, 20 years. Why are you guys making that like something new, which I find it, it's now become like so cool, but they've been, people have been doing it for years, but again, it's kind of the thing that's become more mainstream, but yeah, the athletes now, like I said, the athletes and those type A personalities are the ones who are kind of leading this to be more mainstream, but you brought up a point that I've seen a couple of athletes trying, I don't know if you've tried it or could comment on it. I'm getting questions now about the stim suits, the electric stim workout suits, where you kind of look like you're one of those little green screen outfit types of things. I've done it. I felt it. Oh my God. I was so sore the next day, but you felt the burn, but also, it's not the most, again, not the most comfortable experience on the planet. Have you ever done it? Do you anything about them that you could Yeah, try? I've done a few workouts with those types of setups where you basically, it's like a, you put on this like top and bottom, they have electrodes embedded in them and they wet it. So that it's conductive and that's hooked yes. to a machine that they can dial in the intensity and the pulse and frequency. I actually prefer, I've got some other devices that use electrical neuromuscular stimulation. It's more just like the electrodes you can put on parts of your body and then dial in because certain frequencies can affect different parts of the systems of the body. And so you could train with that. There's a recovery. You can use it for recovery as well. Actually, there's settings that will allow just it resetting the nervous system and all that kind of stuff. But if you want to like go through a really intense workout, like where you're doing body weight, just body weight squats, and you throw these electrodes on, you start cranking it up and your muscles just feel like they're just getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And you're like, and you have, and you have to breathe and fight through it. And you're sweating. You're just, because your body, your whole nervous system just going, like, what is going on here? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty awesome, like the, I mean, like I said, it's, you're talking about the full body suit. I mean, it's a, it's a much more elaborate setup that in, when I've done it, someone else had to kind of control the whole, the whole yeah, setup exactly. to do it's it. It's not something you can do um, at home. Whereas like, I've got something that's the size of like a lunchbox that has the electrodes on it. And then I can follow certain pre, like I'll get a workout plan 
say, put these, you know, electrode, here's where you put the, you know, the red and the black electrodes, you know, and then sometimes I'll even just use it like I'll fill a plastic tub up with some water and make a foot bath. And you can put the electrodes in the foot bath on the low setting. And okay, I was wondering where you're going with this with water and electricity. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very, I mean, it's a deep, well, first of all, it's, a, it's not plugged into an outlet. It's battery out, it's a DC current. So it's not, yeah, you're not going to get electrocuted. But you're basically, if you ever have any like soreness from your feet up into your ankles, up to your shins and calves, it's basically, it's putting just a low level of electricity through. And it's, it's a super, it's a pretty awesome recovery tool as well. If you're actually, and what you're doing is you're stimulating all the nerves around there. So like the bottoms of your feet and stuff. So you do it for like 30 minutes and afterwards you just kind of like, as you're walking, you feel, I'm like, oh, I feel kind of lighter. Cause it's almost like it just kind of woke everything up, you know, in your feet. Cause I think we have a tendency to like just wearing shoes and all day and other things. We, we kind of <laughs> lose some of that neuromuscular kind of communication in our bodies. But yeah, so there's like that, and that technology has actually been around since I think going back to like the eighties, it was like Russian technology came over to exactly, the US. Yeah. You know, and it's still there. And now, you know, there's companies out there now, like NewFit is one that makes the device that mm-hmm. is exactly this kind of electromuscular stimulation. It can be used for not just for training, but also for injury, for recovery. So oh, um, I've done a lot it. Of pro, it's, it's helpful. Yes. So a lot of pro athletes, like they blow out a knee or tear an ACL, they get flown, they go and they work with like one of those devices, they bring in trainers and they help them recover faster. Cause what you have to do is essentially retrain the muscles around the injury the body gets into a compensation to try to protect it and they can actually speed up healing way, way faster. So I'm going to just people, people listening or watching on YouTube. I'm going to put a lot of these links to all these different companies that Bob and I are talking about. So don't sit here and try to fiercely write everything down. They'll all be in the notes at the end. So they're all great companies that we're talking about. So you don't have to worry about finding them. So really I'm going to hit on, we're going to finish up with, I think, everybody's favorites, but the supplements and injections and stuff like that is, and I was going to ask you one other question in terms of, have you tried any, again, I, I ask you in terms of the fitness stuff all the time is the, I don't know if you even call them, they're kind of like the brain training tools, but they're also fitness things like FitLight or uh, Synaptech. I know you, I think you tried, I know we've had friends who have Synaptech. Have you, do those work well in general? Are they more for general health? Are they well for fitness? Or I think there's, I know they, a lot of the teams again, use them. So where does those types of tools fit into everything? Well, they're meant to, so I think it's like the snap tech is like a, a big touch screen, I think. Exactly, and you're like, yeah. and you're, it's kind of these games. It's all about yeah. like improving reaction time and, and things like that. I think from an athlete's perspective where speed and accuracy are important, it's great. There are other things out there that will actually, you can run a small electrical current over your uh, motor cortex and it primes your brain. So like, like there's a company, it's like, it looks like a set of headphones, but it's just running. It's almost like a mm-hmm. TD. CS, transcranial direct stimulation, and it's priming your brain. So basically it means if you have to acquire a skill or something, you're primed for about a 30 minute window after you, do, you put this on for like 20 minutes. And then like, let's say you, you're going to play ping pong or something or juggle or something. You're going to have the ability to take in information or play guitar or anything like that, where it's a, a motor skill. You'll, it just increases your capacity to do it for a, a period of time. And so you're seeing a lot of athletes working with those types of technologies as well, just to help, again, skill acquisition, improve improve your uh, reaction time coordination yeah, type stuff exactly. yeah, there's a new product i don't even try it called neurovisor i know i tried it and a couple friends of ours tried that really like it um now we're going to finish up with again like the best for last here in terms of i know you have a very specific way you do supplements you do things in cycles you do a fast i think i don't know twice a year four times a year where i know you try to do a long-term fast so explain what you do and then we'll kind of again not everybody should be doing the same thing but how do you view supplements and 
how do you use them? And then what have you seen in terms of the, because you, you're, you're great because not only you're doing the supplements, but you can see the data, what works and what doesn't. Yeah. I mean, the supplements, again, this is the one thing in the biohacking world where it's like everyone, you know, they open up their cabinet and it's like a pharmacy or whatever. Cause they, you know, you're buying lots of stuff and the, the challenge with a lot of people are they don't use something consistently enough to see any effect or like they're just buying too many things and they don't really know like what's helping and what's not helping. Cause it's, I'm taking this handful of supplements and like, I feel good. I can't isolate what's actually affecting me because of these other, you know, maybe it's one of the 10 supplements is actually the the one that you really need. And so for me, I mean, listen, we all go through periods of like, you find something you want to try or experiment with, you'll use it for, you know, whether it's for a week or for a month or something. And you might go, am I getting a benefit out of that? Am I noticing anything? I mean, the, you know, obviously we, there's certain ones where like people are taking, whether it's a B vitamin or D vitamin, you know, those types of basic sort of supplements, people are like, oh, I think I need to take this. And I mean, unless your blood work or something says otherwise, you may not need it or there are different times of year, right? So like for me, vitamin D, it's summertime right now and we're recording this and I'm out in the sun like every day. So I know my levels are pretty t- like between diet and that, I'm pretty good. I don't really need to supplement vitamin D, but maybe in January, I'll, t- I'll add a little bit just to keep, because I want to keep my levels at a certain amount. You know, when we get into, you know, especially now there's all, there's this whole cottage industry of longevity supplements that are out there and whether or not, you know, it's hard to say like certain supplements you can take and you're going to feel something right away. And you go, wow, it's like, like a pre-workout, right? You drink a pre-workout and you're like, ah, I could totally feel this. It's like, you know, um, nitric oxide boosters and all this other stuff, but there might be some things that you can take and, and maybe it is having a benefit, but you're not, you know, it's not like something you're going to feel acutely right away, but over time it might be like, Oh, you know what? It's, I am not having um, these heart issues or, you know, things like that. So um, we're not going to know for 25 years for a lot of these products, if they're actually doing anything. I mean, that's the honest truth, right? We don't, we see the labs, the studies, there might be some things that show an acute change. I mean, I'll give an example. Like I've been experimenting with a few supplements that are shown to help with cardiovascular health. And one of the things I measure is a metric called pulse wave velocity. And it's a measure of arterial stiffness. You want more flexible, soft, or, you know, you don't want things to be stiffen up. I mean, that can be due to stress or just plaque buildup. All these other things can affect it. And I noticed that over a few months when I was using it, if I used it more regularly and I would check that those metrics, I would actually see the, not that mine were bad to start, but they actually got, they were optimizing even more. And I was like, oh, so I was like, okay, can I isolate this? This is the only thing I've been doing that could be affecting, you know, that has that effect. Whereas, you know, other people are just taking, again, like supplements. I mean, I, I largely cycle. I'm not taking more than maybe three or four things at any given time. Because like I was saying before, I, I want to be able to isolate. So I'll say like, you know, I'll take a pro, you know, supplement A for a month and then I'll see like, is it doing anything or am I noticing a difference and then move on? Or it might be, I, you know, there might be things you want to use acutely. So, I mean, definitely over the last two years when we had, the world was kind of going through a lot of things. I had certain, like I was cycling certain things in more frequently, just as a more, actually more of a preventative, you know, kind of measure. Because I'm all about, you know, I want to maintain good immune system functionality and that kind of stuff. You know, sleep, you know, I have found that for me, a good magnesium complex, not just taken before sleep, it's actually taken throughout the day, several times a day, kind of tops up my level. And it seems to help me get more solid sleep overnight. That was just something I've just been noticing. Does that mean I have to like take magnesium like that the rest of my life? Uh, maybe not. Maybe it's something I just have to get to a certain point and then I can stop it for six months and then go back on it again. You know, we... Those are, you know, supplements for me are like, most of them are pretty basic. I mean, the, the exotic stuff is more, 
you know, you deal with a lot of, uh, you know, we're getting to the world of other interventions that, you know, maybe some people are like, oh, that sounds weird or crazy, you know, but like, I think most people for supplements, they're just like, if they're, you know, the whole, like, if they're generally regarded as being safe, you know, the problem most people are doing is like taking a bunch of things or sprinkling a lot of little stuff on and they're not, they're not taking enough of anything to get much of an impact. I see this a lot with um like medicinal mushrooms and things like that, where like, here's a complex of all these mushrooms. And then you're like, but not enough of any one of them to actually do much. So, yeah. No, you hit on the head. I mean, that's the thing I have problem with like multivitamins or products that have like anything else. They have like seven different supplements in there, but they're very low dose. You're not really getting a lot of what you actually need. Like you said, you're better off doing two, three, four things, whatever your goal is, see how you feel on it. And then you can, it's like juggling. You can move things around. I mean, again, you want to have a core of a couple of things, whatever you need. Some people it's omega-3, some people it's vitamin D or whatever. And then you kind of mix and match. Like I know we've talked about peptides in the past and I want to really quickly highlight you have one of the biggest questions I ever get about peptides is a, yes, you should be cycling them. Not something you should be doing in continuously, but it's also, okay, how do I freaking dose these things? I mean, Mm -hmm. if I had a dollar for every time I got to ask those questions, I would never have to work again. So check out, I'll let Bob at the end kind of say we can find everything, check out their app called PepCalc, which is just so easy to use and can help people. You break it down because it's, there was nothing great out there for it, which is amazing to me. And then people just use that. Oh, okay. This is how I figured out. And this is how I inject myself because it's not, unfortunately, peptides are not the simplest thing to use. So I just wanted to bring it up. because it's a really convenient, I think, is it still free or is it, are you charging for it now? What's the price on it for the pep? Uh, yeah, it's around five bucks. It's a okay. pepcalc.app. But even there, it's like, you want a, a way to accurately kind of calculate like what that should be into the, like, the dosing of them. But Assuming that the value they're going for, they already, they know the number because they were told that number by someone trustworthy, <laughs> like not, right? Because there's like, the thing is you can get the right measurement, but if you're like putting in like 10x the amount of what you need or not enough, then, you know, your results are going to be very different. So, you know, obviously work with someone that will give you what you need to be like, this is the number, you know, this is how much you should be taking or what the, you know, frequency is. And then you can use an app like PepCalc plug in, it's easily just plug in all your numbers. It'll tell you exactly like based on where you're using, move, you know, fill your syringe up to X and, you know, and that's basically as simple as that. And we created it because about a year, year and a half ago, uh, about a year and a half ago, like we were doing it all in spreadsheets and stuff. It was cause it was like pain in the ass to count to figure it all out. And so I was like, let me just build an app because my co-founder Jeremy and I have a, a technology studio called Awesome Labs. And so, you know, a lot of times we'll just build something that scratches our own itch. We're just like, Hey, we, you know, this is something I wish I just, I need, I want it for myself. It doesn't exist. Let's just build it. And so like, that's an example of, you know, something we built that people can just use. It's, you know, super easy. Exactly. So we're going to finish up. I really appreciate you hopping on. And first of all, is there one thing that we haven't talked about or one thing that you see coming down the pike in the next year, 18 months that people should be looking for in terms of uh, quantified self or optimized health, and then let people know where they can get all this great information from you. Well, obviously, like you touched on it earlier, the next step is going to be, what do I do with all this data? <laughs> because people are like, we can collect it, we can get it all. You know, the problem people are having where like they're wearing stuff and they, they know they don't sleep well and their wearable says you don't sleep well. And so these companies are trying to build in a little more insight, like feed some information back to the user to basically say, here are things you can try or maybe try some self-experimentation. So I, I do think that element of more guided a guided journey towards optimization. Cause I think it's too, it's still left too much on the individual, you know? So not everybody is a data scientist. Not everybody is going to be like, I know how to fully construct self-experiments and, you know, and, and structure it in a way that I know will be, 
you know, give me actually insights that are going to be valuable. And so I think we'll be seeing more and more of that. I mean, that's kind of like, if you see the advancements in all the, the wearable companies aren't necessarily, they're not so much advancing their, the hardware, but they're updating all their software to, to kind of do that. So you might see coaching, you might see just sort of more, you know, more rolled up data insights to tell, tell you like, this was, ha- you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you tend to sleep like this. And, and so that at least gives you, it feeds you back little things about yourself versus like, if you're just trying to understand, like if I take supplement X or supplement Y, which like, which is actually having a, a positive effect on me. And so, yeah, so that, that's where that stuff's going. You know, I, I just think the technology itself, you know, we all want it to be, eventually it's going to shrink down. It's going to be just a little patch you put on your arm or somewhere in your body. It'll be pretty invisible. You know, we'll get there, but you know, it's probably still like a decade away but we're getting smaller and smaller on, on that. You know, the data it can collect and sample. The, the biggest challenge we have right now is just these devices, the battery life isn't always great. And so they have to be, you know, you have to balance like how much can we, how much data can you be collecting versus like something that's going to die, your battery's going to die in four hours. A lot of the processing is getting offloaded now. It's like our, our phones are super powerful computers now. And so we're seeing that as well. And it's really, it's more about like passive collecting. I think when data is being collected passively, it's like set it and forget it. So even if you don't need the data right now, the fact that you've collected it, maybe in five years, you want to go back and look at something, you have it, you have that data. That'll be usually important as well. In fact, you know, whether or not you're using it. So it's not about like over tracking, as long as it's like, doesn't require any more effort on your part. It's being done passively. You know, I think there's going to be a huge value to that. I totally agree. So where can people find you and what do you have coming up? If anything you want to talk about? Sure. So yeah, you can see all my, uh, self-experiments and, and other self-optimization, biohacking, health optimization aspects at quantifiedbob.com or any social media platform like Instagram or Twitter. It's just uh, quantifiedbob. The pepcalc.app is the peptide calculator, but my company, Awesome Labs, is at isjustawesome.com is the uh, website. And we have some other products we've built. So um, probably our most popular product is called Awesome Breathing. And it's a free, it's 100% free. It's a breathwork app. That's like a no frills. It, it just has a pacer, but you can set all the parameters for your inhale, exhale, holds, all that, some presets, and you can save your own presets. And we built it as a way, I want something that just took away all the, like some of the other apps out there got just too much content packed onto it. And it's, I just want something super simple. And that's being used. Actually, a lot of practitioners are now recommending it to their patients who are dealing with anxiety and things. So they can give them a very specific breathing pattern to use. And I'll say, just go download that. It's free. And, and that's, you know, used by tens and tens of thousands of people around the world. It's really, really popular. And one that I want to bring up, I hope to do it next time we talk is check out Reputable DAO, which is, I know, a lot of the leading biohacker science. I think you're, it's now enabling people to do self-experiments through, I don't know the whole background behind it, but I know a lot of you and Dr. Amy Kill and a couple other people I know are doing experiments that are, you're asking for people on it, I guess, is the deal right now, or? I'm not involved with them. They simply okay. reached out. They're creating kind of like a, a citizen science, like kind of group experimentation platform. So people could like submit an idea for an experiment and then other people could say, I'm in, I want to do this as well. And so like one example would be, I think they're doing a very basic one right now where it's like for 30 days, you're just going to track the days you had a drink and you're going to look at your sleep data and you're just going to compare like does does alcohol affect my sleep. And it's as simple as that. But like, let's say you get 40 or 50 people it's helping people kind of dip their toes into this like idea of self-experimentation, but by having a community around it, it's like, you don't feel like you're just doing this alone. So I think they're, they're just in the early stages of getting it off the ground, but there's probably about, I don't know, 20 or 30 mm-hmm. experiment ideas they've got on there. 
Yeah, they reached out to me. They were like, they asked if I could submit an idea for an experiment. I sent them one that maybe people will use down the road. There's a few of these platforms that are coming up. You know, that I do think, you know, people like the idea of community. <laughs> I think people like, you know, knowing that when they're working, they're doing these things. Because especially we said earlier, everyone's results are going to be completely different. And that doesn't mean anyone's wrong or right. It's just that we're highly individualized, but we can all do, if we all follow the same experiment structure, at least we, you know, that we can say like, look, these are our end of one single subject results, but we've all followed the same protocol. Well, let's definitely check it out. So Bob, thanks for having us on, uh, having you on and uh, look forward to seeing you soon in person again. And uh, we'll talk soon. So have a nice day. Thanks. Bye. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a biohacker or an athlete, if you're ready to take the next steps to optimize your life, visit drpaulvin.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-P-A-U-L-V-I-N.com. com.